Awareness sucks until it doesn't. I should know. I've been a practicing licensed clinical social worker in New York for more than 30 years. We have been given enough awareness on how to expand to satisfy the two universal desires, being happy and being loved. Now what? Now it is time to live it. This podcast focuses on transcending awareness into practice through dialogue with curious guests. Hello, this is Yolanda Kumidu. Welcome to my podcast. The topic uh, that uh, RG chose is the topic of hate. Very challenging. RG is um, a fashion stylist, uh, helping people purge their closets and put their style together. Her creative outlet is uh, editorial photo shoots. Uh, very creative uh, guest and by bringing the difficult theme of hate I'm just thinking um, I don't want to say too much here we in our dialogue we said so much and we approached hate in so many angles and aspects that um just listening. Argy, hello. Hi. The theme today is hate. Oh, wow, yeah. It's a heavy one. Is a necessary one. Is a common one. Is uh, an existing present one. It's all those heavy things. Ancient one. Yes, but it's also. I mean, these days, right? Hate is like. It's like a penny word, isn't it? You know, people are like, "Oh, I hate that." They don't mean it. Oh my god, I can't stand that. I hate that. Well, person. it's the same as people saying, "I love that." Yeah, doesn't mean anything. No. It's like you've just communicated nothing. It's just another way to say I like it or not like it. Yeah. But we're not talking. I don't think you brought that. You really brought the the authentic, um, palpable <laughs> theme of well, hate. Yeah, because actually, you know, when I started to think about the concept of hate, you know, I, my mind did initially go to like that, you know, flip sort of way that we toss it around. And I was like, that's so not helpful. And I was thinking about um, this idea that hate is like this like giant black garbage bag. And we've thrown all these other words into it that it stands for. And to me, it feels like just throwing it all under the umbrella of hate and it creates this difficulty in communication because the other person doesn't really understand. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you really hate this person? I mean, especially like living 
in the times that we're living in where there seems like there's so much hatred but to me like hatred is too simple right it's like an intolerance like an inability to like leave space for people to exist and like a judgment right it's like this judgment like there's something intrinsically wrong with you if you're gay or you know I hate gays or I hate black people or I hate women or you know it's just so toxic to live under the weight of being judged so it's like I almost want you to sort of define the term of hate so that we can have like more of a productive view of it and like is it something that could ever be used in a positive way like you know when I think about when I what I try to do is if I use the word hate or if somebody says they hate something especially like you know we said I'm a stylist right and they'll ask me to come in and they say I hate blue like what does that even mean you hate blue like I need to, like, when someone says that to me, I'm like, I need to do more work. I need to find out what that means. Like, the color gives you, like, a bad response. If you're in a blue room, you'll have a panic attack. Like, what does that actually mean? So, you see, severe judgment is behind any hateful feeling or thought. But hate is not necessarily behind judgment wait hate severe not... judgment is behind any hateful thought if i hate yeah that part so i'm not going to use hate in meaning i don't like it i don't like it intensely so i use the word hate okay the word hate is so heavy and so painful and so powerful that when someone doesn't like really doesn't like something, might use that word. I'm not using it that way. I'm really using when you feel, your whole body feels, I want to kill you. I, I don't want you, I want you eliminated. Uh, you know, that deep, every cell of your body is up in arms about not wanting something. Not So severe judgment is behind any hateful thought. So when you have hate, you definitely have judgment. <laughs> but when you have judgment, you don't necessarily have hate. I get that. There's an other conviction that I am right and you are wrong in hate and a desire to just eliminate what you think, what you said, who you are, you. So there is an intense anger involved. There is a desperation, a helplessness to any other reaction but to, uh, to hurt physically and, uh, or emotionally. Okay? So it is um, hate. It is a sensation of, it's a sensation, it's, it's almost an obsessed, charged, blinded, considering discussion or dialogue is just not under consideration. It's a decision. So, hate 
blinds you because you're convinced there is no room for what do we hate? Let's start with that, okay? What do we hate? Usually we hate something we don't agree with and something that is the exact opposite, exact opposite of how we think should be, what we think it is, um, what we believe in, what we value, and we hold on so tight to self-righteousness that it starts with judgment. So let me say a little bit about judgment, the difference I, I see in judgment. In judgment, there is a sensation of of gossip and excitement about judgment. You know, we get together and it's like, oh, did you see that? Can you believe that? And you judge it that is not good enough. If you have a personality, you carry judgment. Nobody can escape being judgmental. A hundred percent. And whoever says I'm not judgmental, they are in self-denial. Because if you know how to use judgment, and maybe we can do a different episode on that, when you learn how to handle judgment, it can expand, actually, your self-awareness. It It can help you grow. There's a conviction of being right in judgment, but it's not accompanied by the desire to eliminate, more with the desire to convince, to persuade, to dissuade, (laughs) to teach you, to prove you wrong, that you're wrong and I'm right. So in judgment, there's like room for conversation. There is room for conversation. Actually, too much conversation. Because if, if I judge what you said, I will be very, very busy to convince you of and my I'm, point and, and that of, I'm wrong. Yes. that you're wrong and of course you will get very busy to convince me that you're wrong and I'm wrong and an exchange of products in some ways that my product is the correct and yours is wrong so that's judgment and then there's another level discernment so discernment you simply disagree with no emotional charge you just point how you differ from the other. You, it's a description uh, of disagreement with absolutely no, no um, uh, tension, no charge, no energy behind it on how uh, you, the other differ from you and, uh, and with absolutely no emotional reaction. So often... In order to help people see in my courses that I teach, to to help people see the difference between judgment and discernment, I show a picture of, let's say, one person with a with with a raised hand and the other person with open eyes uh, and open mouth. And I said, "What do you see?" And I only hear judgment. They are scared, and the other person is ready to strike them and hurt them. That's a judgment. If you want discernment, you just describe. Right. You see a clenched fist and someone with their eyes wide open. So That's no, discernment. Right. That's discernment. Judgment is to... is to. Um, that's an angry fist and she's terrified he's going to hit her. That's a judgment. Yeah. See, that's the difference. Now, hate is... So uh, I'm going to reveal something very, very unpleasant about myself. 
very unpleasant and very vulnerable. So <clears throat> I used to drive very fast. <clears throat> and whenever I had a slow driver in front of me... Road rage. I didn't have road rage. I never, I never kind of... Well, I never. I, I, the, the tendency was not to scream at the person or to do something. It was almost inside of Bubbled me. Bubbled up. I felt I hate this person. I want them eliminated from in front of me. We're talking serious head because why? Someone was slow. Then, of course, the universe took good care of me. And uh, were you in an accident? No, no, I was oh, not in an accident. Goodness. The universe was really loving kind, me, yeah, kind to me, and it just slapped me with a very serious ticket. Blah blah blah. My license was taken away. Um, so now I'm forced right to first of all drive a slower car and drive slow and for six months when i didn't have my license because uh, they took my license away i was forced to be driven with other people that drove slow so i was forced to experience what i hated I actually entered the other side and my body experienced it. And in the very beginning, I thought I was going to go mad. Gradually, though, that helped me access the energy in me that actually goes slow. But experience it. And from that incident, I understand how it is. So for example, in the distance, the light is green and it's about to go red. I couldn't understand why someone will not speed up to catch the green light. Forget about being in a hurry, hurry or not. I just couldn't understand. And now I do it myself. I just slow down. So if I didn't, and this is a silly example I gave, but it helped me. I don't think it's silly at all, to be honest. I don't think it's silly at all because I'm the opposite in the car. I'm, I'm not a slow driver, but I'm not in a hurry. And people get very upset. Do you get, do you, what is your perception of, of, of people cutting in front of you and going fast? I don't care. Okay, you see? Other people care. So, so the point exactly is, but unless, until I, my body experience acting out in the opposite speed and energy and, and perception, I could never understood, never. Did you like driving? Slow. I still like driving. No, when you were, you know, before you came to this, um, different understanding like when you were driving really fast did you like driving yeah I, I think I was born loving driving because I feel like I love driving and to me I just want to keep driving so I'm not in a hurry because I'm just enjoying it oh my enjoyment was the and fastest fast. I got yeah. yeah it was a different but, thing but yeah. now I discovered something incredible that going from point A to point B 
You don't have to be exhausted. You see, because you can drive fast. I was never in an accident, so I don't know what that means, even if I was fast. But it meant my whole energy and, and focus and attention was on driving. N nothing peripheral. I couldn't enjoy anything around me. So another gift is that you don't have to be exhausted when you drive from point A to point B. Now, how far or near it is, you see? So my point here is that, like you said, there's so much hate and there are so many incredible ways that people are trying to heal this. But it's not an intellectual exercise until you experience and you don't have to be you sometimes we have to meet a person that does it that we, we hate that we hate and have a conversation with them but sometimes hate prevents you from ever engaging in any conversation any dialogue any connection with who you hate or what you hate. You just hate it and you discard it and you block it out. But the only way is to experience it. Because whatever we hate, you see, believe it or not, we carry in ourselves. But for whatever reason, it didn't serve us. So we never use it. We never used it and we're not using it. So it goes unconscious. Because human beings, like uh, Leo Tolstoy has a beautiful, beautiful code, of course, I don't have it with me right now, but where he, he says, humans carry all the germs, people carry all the germs of humanity. Everybody carries all the germs of humanity. I love that. Because we carry everything as human beings. What serves us, we develop it. What doesn't serve us, it becomes subconscious, unconscious, and we have a judgment about it. And if it, the more we become attached to what developed in us, we become more self-righteous, more judgmental, that it can move into hate. But whatever you hate, you carry it yourself. It's just, it didn't serve you. But see, okay, when you say you carry hate because it didn't serve you. No, no. You carry the opposite, what you hate. So let's say. Let's say the blue, right? The blue. It didn't so, serve me. It didn't serve you well, but. But, is, but that to me does not seem like an accurate statement. Do you know what I mean? Accurate. It is accurate. I had an experience with blue. It didn't serve me. But to go from this doesn't serve me to I hate it, like... It's because it's called self-protection. Whatever the blue associations, what associations you, ha you have with the blue, let's say, it hurt. It was not pleasant. Why do we bury something? Because it doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve us. Why? Because it's hurtful. It, it, it's not useful in any way. It, it doesn't bring us attention. It doesn't bring us love. It does, brings the opposite, right? So in order to protect ourselves, not only we block it, but we make sure that we keep away and we develop this intense, intense emotional state of 
Because when you hate, you are in a state of war. Right. This Inside. Is, this is sort of what I want to ask about because I understand the, you know, protection, but is it a true protection? Like, this is my question because hate is so big and it's it's like a force field that stops you, right? Um, so I understand that hate is like this protective what would you call it trigger like if you hate something it's because you're protecting yourself from it but if we're talking about really truly getting through life in um with awareness like what I think about when I hate something it triggers the question in me why do I hate this it feels like the most effective thing is to try to figure out your hate you know like especially like definitely for myself but when you see pictures where hate is you know obviously judgment appears to be evident right and for me the greatest images of that are images from the civil rights movement when you see these little kids, when they were trying to, you know, um, bring about an end to segregation, and you see these little kids walking into these schools, and you see the emotions in the adults around them, right? And to me, that that's like such an encapsulation of hatred. Like, you see the hatred. And I try to break it down because I think to myself, this woman is so angry, so angry that there's a, this is child. It's a child. And if she was unleashed from that crowd, if there weren't like military or cops, she would charge at this child and rip this child to shreds. And my question is, how is this child a threat? There's no logic at that moment, my dear. No, no, I know. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm not... I understand that part, but what I'm saying is, it's like hate, is it really protective or is it a prison, you know? Well, it's it's definitely a prison. Yeah, because... But, you see, we're sitting here calmly talking about hate. You and I are not involved this moment in being reactive in something we hate, right? So think of the last time you were actively hating something, but not, I hate the color blue. No, no, yeah, so, like that visceral. That visceral. So the last time that I was caught in that, right, is, is when I was... Um, someone was convinced that I am something I am not. But they were so convinced there was no, there's no space. And I felt so unseen, so unprotected, that the only protection I could bring up for myself that moment is the feeling of saying I hate you it was almost like putting this wall this there's no space for you stay away from me because I was so threatened I was so misunderstood that 
and and no space for any dialogue. It was just case closed. That I allowed myself that moment to hate, and it was this fire coming up, and I didn't strike. I didn't even. Uh, scream or call names or anything. I just said, I hate you. I said it and I felt it. And it was a form of protecting myself, of saying that and not allowing any possibility of you coming closer to me. That's what I meant when I said protection. It's, it's, it's uh, an absolute sealing off sealing off and and underneath hate you see i mean that is the sad part it's utter vulnerability is whenever i feel physically or emotionally um, threatened is whenever i feel that there is there is no possibility of being understood of being seen of being heard none, zero, then it's it's the most, and of course, <laughs> nothing ever, I don't care how far back you go in history, nothing good came from that. So, so is nothing there... Nothing comes a, from hate or like... Nothing comes good from hate, all right? Nothing. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So what's the gift of hate? Because I walk through life convinced that everything has two sides gifts and limitations so what's a gift of 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 hate in the example i gave the gift for me was to totally seal myself off completely build this wall that to protect myself but you're living behind the wall that's right that's the prison you're talking about you imprison your own self, you see. And, you know, is the result, like we said before, of gathering judgment, gathering, gathering, and then anger, and then it erupts like, and there's no possibility of any clear thinking while you're experiencing that uh, you be, you really become blind with emotion of of aggression and attack you you just want to attack to eliminate it's it's a very powerful powerful now when is that helpful another way if someone you see it's very interesting because in wars you know when you're called to go to fight. I was never called. I was never in a battlefield. But I'm imagining you are asked, I mean, you go to war. To Why do you go to war? Well, often to protect or for greed to conquer, right? Do you know that you can actually go to war and kill without hate? I can see that. Yeah. I think that the reason that um, armies are so um, effective is because they build the bonds between the people going to war. 
So some of them are not at war to kill the other person, but to protect the person that they're going to war with. So, because that's the only way I could see myself fighting in a war. You know, I, I know that there's other people that are triggered by nationalism, right? And so we have to... So basically what I'm saying to you, <laughs> hate is not always involved in killing. Isn't that interesting? Well, sometimes it's compassion, right? <laughs> if, if there's like a wounded animal, you kill the animal so that it doesn't suffer, we tell ourselves. And sometimes it's purely, obviously, self-protection. If I don't... But you see, but we are, we, we are, I think, veering off a little bit because it's not about killing. We're talking about hate. hate yeah. We're talking about hate. The and I just form yeah. of hate is to end up killing somebody. because To eliminate. Yeah, to mm-hmm. eliminate the, the mm-hmm. threat, right? Because yeah. hate, is that what you're saying, that hate creates this place where there's a threat, a perceived threat that could end your life in some way, the life that you live, the who you are, how you identify yourself. Um. So how do you transform hate? <laughs> so, excuse me. So I think it's um, first, um, it's understanding <laughs> that whatever we do, I mean, this is a hard thing I'm going to say, but whatever we do, just accept that you will, and you will have something, somebody, a situation, whatever, that you will hate. Isn't that sad? It's very sad. But um, think about, you know, we have it. it it's, 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 if it's part of self-protection, it's there. And stop repeating. So if you want to go beyond that and and you know you hate and and somehow your timing has arrived that it's time to let it go. It's time to loosen up the hate. You stop repeating the hateful words and gradually stop repeating that hateful, hateful thoughts. And... Stop hanging out with other groups <laughs> that carry same hate. Because associating with people that hate the same thing, it just, it just increases it. And, and it becomes animalistic. And by the way, isn't that interesting? Animals don't kill each other because they hate. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I've read... It's because of love. So if when a lion kills a deer, is to eat it, is 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 because survival. of survival. Yeah. So it's not because it hates it. Only humans hate. But I guess it's survival too for us in a way, right? Because we're fighting for resources, or at least we used to. Do not encounter what or who you hate. So. Um, um, to t- to like cut yourself off from that which feeds the hate. That's the first thing, because 
the, the hateful words and thoughts repeat themselves. So here's my question. Because when we were talking about hate, I was thinking, of course, the first you think about is hate from you. But how do you address hate when you see it coming from someone you love or from someone that you care about and you see them wrapped up in hatred? Because I feel like... Towards you? It could be towards you or just... Because you mentioned the word love. So if you love them, chances are there is a level of trust and and connection. I mean, you if you feel completely all the time not safe, you you have you automatically stop the flow of love because it doesn't feel safe. All right. Right. I I think what I'm talking about. I understand that, obviously, because it could be a parent that's harming a child. You have to separate it because that's different. I was just talking about because we live in such fraught times because hate seems to be in a lot of places. It's almost like we used to keep it in the basement and now it's been unleashed into our society. And there's a lot of people like spewing hateful ideas. I have friends that I've known for a very long time and I'm having conversations in the last 10 years and there's a lot of hatred fueling them. And it's rhetoric, you know what I mean? I don't feel like it's their life, the way they live their life, but it's starting to, to sort of be that way. It's like, how do you deal with it on that level just to like cut yourself off from that? It's Well, first, you examine, is there any room for any listening to each other? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we, so if we feel that someone is coming towards us with hate, now hate towards us or hate sharing their hate about other people? Yeah, just sharing their hate, like their biases. Their... About somewhere else, uh, yes. some, something and some, someone else. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. So is there room to hear them out for you to actually hear out? Because when someone is talking in hateful terms, we... And, and and we disagree with what they are hating, it's, if it's not us, we turn to shut ourselves off. So how do you develop tolerance of hate to stay and listen? What are they saying? Because when someone feels they, that they are listened to energetically, it calms you down. But if we are so intolerant of even hearing them, then there's no space there. There, There is also, they don't listen, but we also don't listen to them. And then there's choice. If there's no listening, no seeing each other, if, if, if you're sitting in front of me and you go on and on about a group, a situation that you hate, it's my responsibility, believe it or not, to listen to between the lines. What are you saying? What are you saying? And if I communicate 
that I'm listening and I'm checking back and forth, I will calm you down. You know that? At least, not that you're going to stop hating, but at least to, to have... Yeah, a, a, so you're a, not getting that heightened, like, aggression from them. Like, if you're listening, if you leave space for them to express themselves... And to listen, to seriously listen and check in with them. Is that what you're saying? Not that you're going to convince them to stop hating or to change their mind, but just to listen what they're saying, where they're coming from, what are their reasons, how did they come to that conclusion, how did they enter that state of hating, just listen. Anybody that feels seen calms down, you see, at least to have a dialogue, not necessarily to change, you see. Now, I don't know if before you're asking me, how do you handle someone that is hate towards you? Well, that's harder, obviously, because... That's why I got confused when you said when you love them. Yeah, no, no, I just meant... Yeah. Someone you I understand. Yeah, because if you're dealing with someone that hates you, that's kind of a dead conversation. I mean, I could, you know, I could be... I could listen, but you're talking about hating me. So that takes a great deal of strength to be able to like sit in on that conversation. Well, it depends what uh, volume that conversation is, what volume the hate is one. So there is hope there too. So if you, if I sit in front of you and the anger is more calm and I say, I hate you when you do this and this and this, but there is no... You know, I feel the hate, but it's not the attack, the aggression. There is, believe it or not, still some room. But if you feel threatened, me saying that to you, you you better shut down and you better get away and leave. Just leave the room, <laughs> leave the area. Um, so there's always choice, Argy. That's what I'm trying to say, which means there is always hope. It's just what's missing it's actual listening and and risking putting ourselves in the in 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 actually experiencing what we hate <laughs> and that it's very risky to do it requires unbelievable um courage to do you see and because that's the only way that you will have at least a chance, a small chance, to understand someone else that you used to hate. Most of the time, what we hate, we have no connection with. You see, we really don't know what is that group, that person, that situation, whatever it is that we're hating. We just shut it down sealed off and we are sitting in our head with Steadfast. no open doors yeah, yeah. we're not open yeah. i'm not gonna yeah. entertain it yeah i don't know i don't know either it because we're living <laughs> in such hateful times and it affects all of society and as you were saying that i was thinking the other option is to like unleash the hate and then you're quieted by the ravages of it, right? Because war is hatred, like, in action. And then you have to step back, like, you know, 
there's been so many images in the news of and we have to also accept the 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 ugly reality that some people will just not stop hating and you better protect yourself some people will not give it they're just the conviction is well, there but that reminds me of something that i wanted to ask you about hate right because some people you just can't remove them from it right they're toxic you have to like seal yourself in and protect yourself but like when does hate start to like develop when do you see it you know cuz when you see little babies it's you know, conditioning my dear it's conditioning it's so learned it's taught so it's taught it's taught it's learned i'm glad you're asking that question because i i think that's important that's a critical question is always learned condition taught we are, we are not hate we are not um naturally hating we have aggression which is different than hate right because it goes back to the animals right they're aggressive but it's not fueled by like this idea of like, we, aggression is is natural to human beings but hate is not is taught is learned is conditioned and given the the circumstances it can be unconditioned but for some people no they're unwilling to get past their hate it's not time in their life in this lifetime so it doesn't mean so, so it means that we keep trying and we start with ourselves you see because i mean what i said before the ridiculous thing i hated slow drivers is like what ridiculous thing is that but that same one can go into extremes <laughs> you see and it's 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 um we should never give hope up give up hope that that it 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 can change but also we have to admit and that for some it won't and then we have to protect ourselves because i go back to what you know um the the base of of this podcast you know awareness sucks why because we can become aware and not do anything about it yeah I, it's I was, not the right timing i was going to say it sucks to think that yes that there's some hate that can't be harnessed and like turned around and you have to like live with it and you go back in history of human beings as back as <laughs> as you want and you find it and we find it today because i believe with every generation human condition actually um expands i really I, i see it in young people i work with people in their 20s and the level of awareness the level of their compassion not everybody right but it 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 was just not there when i was 20 <laughs> so i believe every generation and it's slow moving um we are believe it or not i i truly feel we are the even with everything horrible things that are happening today wars as we speak and we are still 
in a much better place than we were. But these are human reactions. Hate was there, hate is here, and hate will be. But it doesn't mean we stop checking in. Is it time for you to hear me, for me to hear you, to give it a chance? Thank you, Arjun. This was Thank quite you. a very difficult subject, very challenging one. And, well, this is what I have to offer for right now. Yeah. I think that's good. Thank you, Arjun. Thank you. You're invited to be a curious guest in my podcast. Uh, please continue to send your comments, questions, and suggestions for more themes to awarenesssaxpodcast at gmail.com. That's all for today. Until next time, yahara. Yeah,